everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going super good. Yeah. We, we got a skiff of snow this weekend, so boo to that. But uh, other yeah, than that, and it also got down good. to like zero degrees. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, we live I'm in cool. Idaho. We know it's coming. This is a little early for that cold. Well, I mean, if you're not trick-or-treating in snowsuits, have you really trick-or-treated at all? Well, agreed. How many years <laughs> as kids did you not even know what anyone was for Halloween because they were all wearing coats over their costumes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is when my kids were little, I was always looking for those big, like, you know, stuffed animal looking costumes that basically, you know, could be worn over top of coats and stuff. Yeah. Remember, yeah. we had like a big elephant and I think a big gorilla or something like that. So the kids wore multiple years because it was, you know, the only costumey thing you could really wear. Right. You kind of basically had to wear a sweatsuit underneath to stay warm. <laughs> so. It's so crazy. No, it seems like we're going to have that kind of Halloween because, yeah, this weekend has been dang cold. It's happening. But, ooh, I'm so excited for Halloween. I know. Me too. We're going to watch The New Witches. Yes. If you guys remember The Old Witches or the book uh, by Roald Dahl, it is scary as hell. At least it was when When we were a kid, for sure. Yeah. So we've all gone back, our sister Kara and Christy and I. And watched the original witches, and now well, on Halloween, I had to show it to Rhonda because she'd never seen it. Neither had Scott. She'd never even heard of it. I what the hell? Yeah. I know. Where were they? I know. My kids hadn't either, which made me feel like. Well, actually, my son had, but my daughters hadn't, and I that made me feel like a bit of a terrible parent. But you know, you know, we were big Roald Dahl fans as kids. We read his books. Well, we our mom was movies, and our mom was too, and that's probably yeah. why we knew about it. I was mm-hmm. like, why would Rhonda have not known this movie? But that's probably why. Probably why. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to get together on Halloween and that's what we're doing. We it's never get fun. trick-or-treaters at my house. And I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys, if your communities are even doing trick-or-treating this year. Mm-hmm. It's a mixed is. bag. Yeah. We don't I get know, trick-or-treaters. I mean, we live in a neighborhood of a lot of old people, so we don't get them really. Yeah, we don't. We hardly ever get a trick-or-treater anyway. So I don't really care about being home for it. So, you know, we usually leave a little bowl of candy on the steps just in case. But honestly, it usually remains untouched. So what do I care? We're going to go have fun instead. Right? Right. We are. I'm looking forward to it. Katie's always mad at me if I yawn because um, then she yawns and then I yawn and then she yawns Mm -hmm. and then we just can't stop. It's super contagious. That was my only yawn. Yeah, maintain. Get it together. Okay. okay. So I'm going to present a case to Katie today, and she's yeah. going to give us a cold read. Now, this case has a twist because this is a solved case, but there's a mystery. Okay. After the solved part. Okay. All right. I'm, so I'm here I'm for it. Tell you the story. This is about the murder of Mary Ellen Diener. Okay. Mary Ellen Diener died on November 14th, 1965. She was 14, and this happened in Mansfield, Ohio. She was one of seven children. And one day, she and her sister went to the laundromat to do laundry because the dryer was broken. And so the mom sent them. They were the two oldest kids, and so they sent them. She sent them to go to the laundromat. Mm-hmm. 
Well, when they get to the laundromat, that laundromat was out of quarters. And so Mary decided that she was going to walk to a different laundromat and left her sister Brenda at the laundromat that was missing the quarters, which was where their clothes were. Just, you know, she said, I'm, I'm going to go five minutes to a different laundromat, get our quarters, come back. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. They were really close to their grandma's house at this laundromat. So they, you know, kind of felt comfortable and their mom felt comfortable sending them to this place because they weren't very far from their grandma and they'd taken a cab to get there. Okay. Well, um, Mary was gone for literally hours and didn't come back. So Brenda goes to her grandma's house and tells her what happened. Okay. And, um, you know, so grandma says, just stay here. I'm going to go look for Mary. So she goes walking around and that's when she comes across the police and the police have already found Mary's body. Oh, beat up and bloody. And she identified her for the police, which just was awful. Yeah. You know, um, and they figured that she had been about two hours before this. So the sister just waited, not knowing what to do. Not mm-hmm. that she could have done anything about it. She had been shot twice in the stomach and her head had been bashed in with a brick. Holy hell. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a horrible murder. Absolutely horrendous murder. She still had the coins from the laundromat in her hand. Um, oh. Obviously it was a homicide. Now, they caught the man who did this quite quickly. So they went around. She was shot with a 38 caliber bullet. And they went around to nearby stores who sold ammunition, looking through their rep- records. And they found someone who had just bought 38 caliber bullets. And that happened to be Lester Edward Eubanks. And uh, Lester Eubanks turned out had a history of sexual offenses already and was currently out on bond for an unrelated case. Sexual offenses. Yeah. Sexual offenses. Okay. Okay. So the weird thing about Lester is that he just completely coughed up the whole story. The police started questioning him and he immediately said that, yes, he saw her. She was walking past him. He grabbed her, pulled her behind a house tried to sexually assault her and she started screaming bloody murder and putting up a fight. And so instead of raping her, he shot her in the stomach twice and just left her laying there. And this all happened in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. This all happened in the middle of the afternoon. Okay. Now this he's ugh, awful. Okay. So he went home and he got ready because he was going out dancing that night. Right. Oh, okay. God, you're a gross pig. Um, On his way back, after he'd gotten dressed up for dancing, he comes by and he finds that Mary is still alive, writhing in agony on the ground. So he picks up a brick and bashes her skull in and finishes the job. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And then he just walked away. Go dancing. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's a super bad dude, right? So he went to trial and he didn't really go to trial. He, he pled guilty. He confessed, pled guilty to the whole thing. He had no remorse. He told the story kind of like he was rather proud of what he'd done, which was just so freaking bizarre. And he was given the death penalty for her death. 
So this was a weird time in history when it comes to the death penalty. His execution kept getting pushed back. This was before, you know, you could do a million appeals that would keep your, hold your case up for 20 years. So three times his execution got pushed back because there was this legislation going through that was going to ban the death penalty. And that did happen in 1972. And so his sentence was changed to a life in prison without parole in 1972. And so he was not um, executed because he, you know, because the law changed. And so that kept him alive. So then this just kills me. This kills me because when you hear the story of what he did to poor little Mary Ellen Dieter, I mean, Diener, sorry. Um, How can you think that this dude shouldn't just stay like in solitary for the rest of his life? Right. Right. Okay. But on December 7th in 1973, Lester Eubanks was taken to a shopping center in Columbus, Ohio by prison officials, and he was allowed to shop unescorted as a reward for good behavior. Yes. What? He was alone shopping without any prison personnel with money in his pocket. And guess what happened? He didn't show up for his his ride back to the prison, he escaped. Uh, he what? is still out on the lamb in 2020. Okay. This was in 1973. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I want to, here's what I, the, the U S marshals still have him on their 10 most wanted list. They still believe that he is alive. He would be 75 years old now. The U S marshals have come out and said, they think they might be closer to catching him. I would like your read on, do you agree that he is still alive? And if he is still alive, where is he or where has he been all this time? Mm -hmm. He is not still alive. He did stay in the United States, though. Wow. Um, My first thought was, oh, did he flee the country? No, he didn't. He didn't. He managed to stay in the States. I feel like he went to a very rural community where he worked for farmers and managed to just lay low and just kind of took up a life there. I think that he was somewhere in the central Midwest and just managed to blend into a rural community where he lived and Worked enough that he had a little money to be able to have his own little place and very nondescript, quiet, kept to himself kind of guy. I do think that he has died at this point. I think they're wrong about that. I don't think that he's alive, but I do feel like that's what happened. I feel like he was absolutely never going back. I don't think that he committed any more crimes. That was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I feel like he was determined to not go back to prison. And so he was going to do absolutely nothing to call attention to himself. I feel like in the town that he lived, he didn't go. He went by a different name. I actually feel like he might, he went by the name. Oh, I want to get this straight because I think that was his 
Yeah. I think he went by the name Edward. He just went by his middle name. Uh, different last name, though. And how did he do this without ID? I don't know, except for that it was a very small town. Well, where... and it was also 1973 when he disappeared. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't get away with that now, not with the Internet and not with not having ID and, you know, cell phones and all that stuff. The but we have to remember that this stuff, you know, when it happened that long ago. Mm -hmm. The word Billings keeps coming up for me. So that I thought, oh, did he actually go this far? Did he go to Billings, Montana? He didn't. He, I think he went by the name Billings. Okay. Edward Billings. Edward Billings. Okay. Yeah. Or something like that. B Billings is what comes up. Anyway, I think he ended up somewhere in Ohio. And okay. his name, yes, Edward Billings. Which is actually uh, where he started out was Ohio. Yeah. Well, the, he ended up, I think, just really rural in a like little tiny old farming community that, you know, people weren't suspicious, but again, I think he really kept his head down. He didn't, uh, you know, he, he didn't commit any more crimes, but I also don't feel like that he took on a relationship or really made friends or he just really kept to himself and worked and that was it. Wow. But he was, this was his entire objective was to stay out of prison at this point, And that's what he did. But I, I do believe he's died. I don't think he's still here. Wow. Wow, what a case. It's it's a horrifying story. And even now, you know, her family, who, you know, at least they got vindication. He was given the death penalty. Then the death penalty gets taken. Then he runs from prison and has been gone all this freaking time. Like, you know, there's just no, no justice sense. here. Well, no, and wait a minute. I mean, we we let prisoners who've been convicted of murdering little children and who were on the death penalty go shop in shopping malls by themselves? I mean, what right. the hell? How can you that know, be ever a thing that is done? I got to say that my sense of this dude is that he was a tremendously manipulative, very oh, yeah. intelligent sociopath. And yeah. he knew how to play the game. He knew because I don't think that that was a common, even in 1973, I don't think that was common. I mean, it would never happen now, mm -hmm. but even back then, I think that was an uncommon thing. Mm -hmm. But I, my sense of him is that he had completely sucked them in and yeah. had him, you know, had them completely convinced that he was a changed man and he was wonderful and he was, you know, such a model prisoner and he really deserved to have something good happen to him, that kind of stuff that he was but really good at playing. What does someone who lives in prison and is purportedly going to be in prison for the rest of their lives need in a shopping mall? Christmas presents. He was shopping for Christmas presents for who I do not know, because again, in prison, if this was for you know, family members, or if this was for other prisoners, I don't know. But it's such a strange story. But I do really feel like his ability to manipulate other people was so good. And it's why he wasn't ever caught. It's why he yeah. could stay in Ohio and and 100% and suck people in and convince them of who he was. Mm -hmm. And no one questioned him in all of this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more than 50 years now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's just hard to even imagine that even happening. It's so disgusting. I don't it, it really is. It's now, but wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that it would happen, but you look back on it and I just feel like he, he had some serious skills and some skills they were not expecting of him uh-huh. when it came to manipulation, but he was a, you know, such a sociopath. He had absolutely no regret. You know, he just very, um blase about his confession yeah you know going back and hitting her with the brick to kill her because she didn't die of the gunshots you know like just all of that was just so gross and just cruel and i know i just and it was also he just said it all like it was just nothing you know right can you imagine poor brenda you know Right, what a life Brenda has had, knowing that happened to her sister, and oh, geez, yeah, yeah. So apparently, he was participating in an honors program within the prison, and he had earned this opportunity. He was a talented painter and was known for painting and things like that. You know, doing artwork while he was in prison. Mm-hmm. When he took his little trip out of the prison, he was in plain clothes. They took him out with no identifying anything on him to indicate that he was, in fact, a prisoner. I mean, mean, it's as if this was set up to allow him to escape. I mean, it's hard to see it any other way. Right. I I don't know, though. I don't get that hit. I I think that was his intention. Yeah. But my impression is that he completely sucked in prison stuff mm-hmm. and they just had him completely wrong as far as who he was and you know he'd uh, yeah you know he'd he'd found jesus and he was the you know he was the reformed most model prisoner ever blah 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 mm-hmm. blah and that's why he earned this I he was their were, friend he became yeah. their friend their pal their yeah i think they were shocked as hell when this happened i don't I don't think that the prison officials expected this at all. And then to never find him, you know, in all this time to never be able to find him. is just bizarre. I'm going to hope that the prison officials that put this brilliant plan together had some serious consequences and that this program immediately took, you know, an about face because what an actual hell Yeah, I I don't get out. Um, I I I couldn't find anything about what the outcome was, but I do really hope that that you know at least they were fired for this, or you know somebody wised up a little bit. Well, yeah, but can you imagine her family having to learn that this right. dude is on the lamb? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first he's sentenced to death, and then that gets overturned, and. You know, depending on that family's beliefs, that could have been extremely shocking and devastating and all in itself. Right. And then for him to just be basically handed a hall pass to leave the prison. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To leave the prison, shop on his own with a designated time to meet back for his ride at home, ride back to prison. Was he the only one or were there other prisoners that were out shopping that day? Just him. As far as I can tell, it was just him. They played a dangerous game with him and lost. I mean, he was a pro. Yeah. And a completely unnecessary one. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like dumb. some kind of a sting or some kind of an operation that he was out of jail for because, you know, he could help them in some way. I mean, I just, I'm so dumbfounded that that even happened. I know. Me too. Me too. I'm sure the let prisoners go Christmas shopping rule quickly disappeared after this incident. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hope so. <laughs> yeah, <it's an> insane <laughs> story. And I just, it's, it's just very crazy. sad for Mary's family that there was never yeah. any real. You know, I mean, there was at least resolution that they know who killed her, but that he got away like this. Yeah. And yeah, for Brenda and for grandma who had to identify him. I mean, what a horrible way for this to end. I could. Oh, my turn. Sorry. I can only imagine how much this must have rocked their community, you know, to have that happen. I mean, can you imagine how unsafe? The women and girls and, and children and families in this community felt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had in no time, but still, I mean, I can only imagine how it must have shaken up their community. I'm sure that it did it, hugely, hugely. Well, and then to know he was out there and it wasn't that long. I mean, he, this right. happened in 1965 and he escaped in 1973. I say escaped, right. so it was hard. He, he wandered away <laughs> in 1973. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't that right. long. I mean, you'd think that his her family may have been afraid that he might come back and try to hurt someone else in their family, you know? Right. I would imagine that poor Brenda lived in fear for a yeah. really long time. I would imagine so too. After yeah. that. Yeah. Such Just a strange case. She was so close to it, you know, yeah. that could have been her. Well, and I'm sure, you know, she was just young and yeah. didn't know what to do. Well, sure. You know, like she hasn't come back. What am I supposed to do? You know? Honestly, thank God she lived through this. I mean, she could have just as easily been with her sister and they could have both been snagged. Or on her way to grandma's house, he could have grabbed her too if he had any idea there was another, you know, sister hanging out waiting somewhere. I mean, lots of things could have happened to her. They could have. I can can imagine that. She should be safe and go to grandma's. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a horrifying story and it, it's a horrifying end because yeah, you know, the yeah. U S marshals have come out with some um, statements here and there, you know, that they're this yeah. close to catching him and they believe he's alive, but I don't know. That stuff sounds really canned to me. Right. Like, Those are just, that's just the stuff that they yeah. say about anybody that's on their most mm-hmm. wanted list, you know? Well, yeah, and, I, I doubt they're, you know, all that akin to wanting to say that uh, they have no freaking idea <laughs> and they don't believe they'll ever solve this one, you know. Right. They're never going to say that. Yes. I mean, they've released some age press photos and stuff like that, but this much time, I mean, yeah. Well, and obviously this guy's no idiot, you no. know. No. I'm sure that before he landed anywhere, he had a great cover story. He had changed his appearance. I mean, for Christ's sake, he had money in his pocket. Right. Yeah. He just walked away a free man with cash in his pocket and the world at his feet, really. I mean, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They thought they'd had some leads on him over the years, but I mean, obviously they didn't really because he. No, he would have been in custody had they. Yeah. yeah. I'm amazed that he didn't leave the country. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought is, well, surely he left the country. And in feeling like, no, what I'm hearing is he didn't. And that, uh, you know, he didn't really go that far, yeah. not as far as you'd think that he would. 
but he went far enough that he was felt like he was safe and I don't feel like he ever contacted any of his family. You know, I don't feel like he ever reached out to anybody who ever knew him. I feel like he just completely started over. Yep. Yeah. But you know, in 1973, Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of resources to find you. I mean, now they can pinpoint you, you know, from a satellite on a map within 10 feet. You know, we, we know that because of the Daybell Vallow case. (laughs) But that just wasn't the case then, you know, and you go to another community where no one knows you and no one knows your family and Mm -hmm. you're using a different name. How are they going to find you? You know? Right. Right. They're not. They're not. They're not. It always does my heart good when we do these cases and I'm like horrified to know that we have our technology has advanced to a point that this kind of stuff is much less likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, unfortunately, the murder of, of Mary, not less likely to happen. I mean, no, this stuff still very much does happen. Mm-hmm. But at least he wouldn't get away and just live out the rest of his life with no consequences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard with this guy, how brazen that's what he did in the first place, you know, yeah. assaulted and murdered this child in broad daylight out in the open. It's such a sociopath thing to do. I mean, he totally believes that, you know, he's the best, he's the smartest, he's going to get away with whatever. No one's going to ever figure it out that it's him. Mm -hmm. Clearly wasn't the case because they caught him very quickly. Mm -hmm. But that arrogance, that arrogance probably got him a long ways in his escape and got him a long ways in orchestrating his escape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that he knew these idiots aren't going to figure out that what I'm trying to do is get out, you know. Yep. Yep, totally. Turns out you can't take child murderers at their word. Just send them to the mall, the Christmas shop. Can you imagine how many children were probably in the mall that day? Yeah. And families and little girls. Yeah, I know. It's unfreaking believable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, you know, I wish that they would have caught him, but there's a part of me that's glad that he is gone. And, and, you know, hopefully he didn't ever hurt anybody else again, you know, and it may be that he just learned his lesson that he couldn't, or he may have, you know, done things that were much more insidious. I'm sure that's true. I mean, I'm sure to be able to just sustain himself and, you know, start over, he, I'm sure he pulled some bullshit because that's what he did. He was just more careful because he really, really had no intention of going back to prison this time. For sure. Yeah. And he learned his lesson that you can't just murder someone in broad daylight and not get caught. Yeah. Weird. I know. Even in 1973. Mm. Or, I mean, 1965. Well, speaking of murdering someone in broad daylight and not getting caught or getting caught, there is a hearing on Thursday morning in the Daybell case. And we are going to be here. We're going to be talking about it. We'll be covering it. Yes. Yes, we will. And it's the hearing to discuss the joinder, whether or not we're joining this case. And Chad's lawyer filed a brief this week, yesterday, I think, or Friday. It must have been Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah, that uh, discusses another case in Idaho that uh, was joined. And then one of the convictions got thrown out by the Supreme Court because they said it was done improperly. 
So it looks well, like it wasn't that. joined with another person. It was just two different it's charges two, that were joined. two different charges. Yeah, I'm, I I'm struggling to understand how, how that case is actually connected to this case. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, I'm super curious. I'm I'm really uh, I'm I'm very interested because in reading the stuff about this case, yeah, they joined two two different charges. They combined them together in one trial. Mm-hmm. We're talking about combining two different people, yeah, into one trial. I mean, his charges are already joined because it's right. you know conspiracy to this act and charged with committing it. I mean, they're intrinsically linked. I don't see, I don't really yeah. make a connection at all, and I'm just wondering if this yeah. is just grasping on Pryor's part. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what he says, what the argument is, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure it'll be interesting to see what comes out of everybody else too. Mm-hmm. So It is. It's, it's going to be very interesting. I think we're going to learn some things we didn't know, but yeah, I want to hear what the judge has to say about this precedent that Pryor is using. Cause I can't, I can't make well, the like, connection. No, I, I'd like to see what the prosecutor says about it too. Right. Is, is this another case of the prosecutor just, you know, giggling all the way home, going almost rolling right out of his head during the hearing. Right. I don't know. And I'm not an attorney, you know, I've studied a lot of legal stuff and criminal stuff over the years as a social worker and, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand this. And so maybe we're just going to learn about it in the hearing or maybe the judge will be like, uh, what the hell are you talking about here? Mr. Pryor? (laughs) How is this? connected? So I don't know. I'm super curious about it. Yeah, me too. It's an interesting Interesting. That's what everything I've read is people puzzling over it going, hmm, okay then. Well. <laughs> yeah, what does this mean? What does this even mean? We'll find out. Yeah. Because yeah. in this case, you can't just trust that this is a good this is a good argument. You, you really can't trust that. Because we haven't seen a lot of those. So. <laughs> no, we have not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Thursday is going to be pretty fascinating. So we, I'm not sure if we'll live stream uh, the or court or not. I really don't know how long it's going to last. I suspect it could take all day. I think so too. So, I think we should just do a live stream at the end. Yeah. And say, okay. This is what happened. This mm-hmm. is what it means. Yep. I think that's smart. Cause gosh, it's uh I'm guessing it'll be a marathon. Yeah. I think it probably will be. And uh, yeah. So I think it'll be better just to give our analysis at the end. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for, um, Helping us figure out what happened with poor little Mary Ellen Diener's murderer. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just hope Lester Eubanks has gone to whatever terrible place he could go to after he's Mm -hmm. crossed over, you know? Agreed. And I just hope that there is at least some peace in her family. I mean, it's been so long that I'm sure that her parents are probably, her parents may be dead. I don't know. Her grandma probably is. And yeah. I don't know. But anyway, thank you for your insights on that. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for the case. And we'll be back on Wednesday night for our case updates. And we try to bring at least one solved case to you, too. That's that's good news. We found a few already this week. So we have. Yeah. And we we like to share good news. Good news is nice. (laughs) And we'll be back Thursday night for our uh, for the psychic hour, and we're doing mediumship this week. Yes, we are in Halloween. Yeah, night as well. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, you can find us on Facebook. We're True Crime Paranormal over there. You can find us on Patreon if you like to support what we do. That's a great way to do it. Another great way to do it is to subscribe at whatever medium you are listening to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, comment, share, you know, get us out there in the world. We have people all the time tell us, you guys should be bigger. You should have more subscribers. Well, you know what, guys? You can help us out with that. So. Be sure, you know, sharing us with your friends who love uh, true crime and paranormal stuff and psychic stuff and all that stuff. Definitely. Well, but also we actually surpassed uh, 20,000 downloads. Yeah. yeah, Over the weekend on our our podcast. So 20,000 downloads. We're we're super excited. And because of that, we have a giveaway going on. We're giving away two of our true crime paranormal T-shirts. Yep. And so if you go over to our Facebook page, True Crime Paranormal, you'll find that post at the top of the page all about it. All you have to do is comment on that uh, or like it for us to enter you into our drawing. We're going to give away two T-shirts to celebrate. And then we're nearing, we're getting closer and closer to 3,000 subscribers here on YouTube. And once we get to 3,000 subscribers, we will give away three t-shirts for 3,000 subscribers. Yes, we will. But also, our t-shirts just dropped. And if you guys are interested in a True Crime Paranormal t-shirt, they're on Etsy under True Crime. No, (laughs) that's not right. They're on Etsy under Joyful Goddess Designs. That's our store over there. So if you want a t-shirt, yeah, and Come over and check them out and see what you think. Lots of good things happening. Definitely do. Yeah, we are excited. We are growing and we appreciate all of you because you are why we are growing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Very so good. we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here with us today, you guys. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.